Alrighty, let's see. We're finally gonna maybe take a look at some stuff and do a show. I think I announced uh, this past week that I would be recording and then I got sidetracked and just didn't do it. And um, so I'm back. I'm in uh, getting in gear. Uh, I was going to say I'm uh, getting motivated, but actually I just um, I have a day off. So I thought, why not, you know, take a look at some things, see what's going on. Um, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I was just writing down all this stuff and um, uh, it's been it's been quite a while so uh, but there there are some in here that I'll just gonna you know go over because some people on the show had watched and uh, I'm familiar with them and uh, then there's some other stuff that uh, definitely I got on a little bit of a, a weird tear I guess some people would call it a weird tear um, with some, uh, I don't know if I would call them genre movies but definitely um uh it was because of a a specific actor um stars in several of these but then it kind of uh, i even had a, a suggestion from um one of the friends of the show large william or big willie <laughs> uh who suggested a movie for me to watch and you know i thought well why not you know um Let's just see what we have here because uh, there's not really a lot going on. The COVID thing is still going on. Um, I did go and get the uh, first shot, and that was uh, Pfizer. I only tried one time. I got on the website uh, for our, you know, all hospitals around here dated, and uh, or, or well, they're under the same. They had a uh, thing about getting the shot and uh, I know um, several friends told me that uh, they had uh, signed up on like five different um, websites about getting the COVID shot and that um, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting uh, to be contacted and I just got on uh, tried one time and got on and it was asked me you know if i had had any vaccinations in the past like 14 days and if the, if this would be my first shot and um you know gave me a date and a time it was like a day or two later so and there was a lot a lot of people there i don't know if it's because all the vaccines are starting to come in um and they're getting a specific amount because what was funny was when I went up there, there was, I mean, there was a whole bunch of people there. There were, there were no lines because they had so many people giving the shots. They even had like, um, I don't know if it was National Guard or military, but they also had like, you know, all these nurses and everything. Uh, and you just went in and showed them your ID and they uh, uh, took your information down at the, um, you know, on the laptop. And they had a whole bunch of people doing that and, you know.
up where you go and sit for like 10 or 15 minutes just to make sure that you feel okay and everything. Um, I didn't have any problems at all. I didn't even really have hardly any soreness or at all in my arm or anything. Didn't get any kind of um, um, side effects or anything like that. And um, so hopefully, you know, with the hopefully this will either help or get people back on track. I go back and um, I was going to say three weeks, but now it'll be two weeks at the end of the month and get the second shot again I, th I think i just said it was a the pfizer one is the one i got so you have to get two shots and i think johnson and johnson is the one that you only get one shot and then there's a moderna or uh, uh, which is also a two-shot deal um with all the variants and everything or you know the variant or variants where it's mutated uh that are coming out i don't know if um it's going to change that much. I'll be honest with you, you know, for years and years and years and years, you would see in Japan people wearing masks. Um, say you had a cold or you thought you had the flu or something like that. They would wear masks when they were on the subway or in public and things like that. Uh, so as not to spread it to other people. And uh, the mask thing doesn't bother me at all. I actually kind of like the anonymity kind of a thing of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a freak. Haven't really don't really go that many places, but uh, just going to the store and things like that, um, you know, I I think you know God it wouldn't bother me to to wear one all the time out in public. Um, and I, I went walking on the trail one day, and it was really super cold out. It was like twenty degrees, um, and um, just wearing the mask. Um, I I don't usually wear it on the trail because there's nobody out there, and it's just you know I'm out in the woods basically. Uh, but I wore it um, more f just for uh, the cold air, and it really did help as far as walking goes and, uh, you know, not breathing that really super cold air in. Um, other than that, I don't think uh, I have been uh, trying some sriracha uh, sauce, uh, you know, the bottle that has the, the rooster on it or the cock. <laughs> And uh, basically, I've been, I, I've been getting some um, some noodles, like uh, I think like Vietnamese uh, noodles, and they're you know pretty much just like ramen, um, you know, instant that you put in the microwave. But they have you know spices and things like that. You can get different kinds, and um, and then they have a little pack, a little tiny pack of the sriracha uh, sauce. And um, but the thing is, I was looked at, I mean, it's like a thimble, if that. And uh, But I put that little thimble in there, and boy, it makes it, it, uh, it definitely, it makes it just right for me because I don't like hot food. It makes my um, lips kind of get a little hot and my mustache get a little sweaty or whatever, but it doesn't burn your mouth or anything really bad. So I got a bottle of that and, uh, you know, been trying that on some, on some other stuff, just on, you know, anything that I'm eating. Um, and I uh, found some um, uh, rice, uh, like a microwavable little rice thing that has noodles and things like that. Uh, the one thing about those, you know, I, I know that the ramen I don't think is like that great for you, but um, just uh, the small portion of it and it's a it's it, I, you know just having something hot like that is it's satisfying i think you don't eat as much because it is um you get a you know a good warm you know good hot uh 
food or whatever in your stomach anyway so some new stuff i was trying there um everything's fine here mary's doing good doing well uh, again walking on the trail and things like that and um i saw some uh paw prints out there when it snowed and um uh, i don't know they were big they were a little bit too big for a dog and um so I don't know if it was uh, if it was a bear, or it was a smaller bear, but it might have been like a bobcat or something like that. Um, you know, I know they've been saying you know we're getting coyotes and coyote wolf hybrids. So I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything. It might have just been a really big dog, like a Saint Bernard, or I don't know. Um, not too, not too afraid of anything, you know, cause like I said, I haven't really seen anything. I think a lot of that stuff is, uh, they're nocturnal, come out at night. Creatures of the night. Children of the night. Anyway, speaking of, uh, Dracula Godfrey, I watched a documentary. Um, I didn't bring up any of this stuff on, um, IMDB to, you know, read off the, when it was out and all that stuff, just because, um takes a lot of time on this old computer but not only that you guys don't give a shit <laughs> uh you, you'll be able to uh, i'm sure if you wanted to look any of it up first of all it's on this the, the i post just about everything i watch on sylvan gold webpage and uh, a lot of it i'll post on gentleman's guide too uh but i watched the um uh Gil, the gilbert godfried documentary which was pretty good. Um, like I said, I, I pretty much uh, listened to him mostly on uh, uh, or before we actually got Howard Stern on the radio or anything. And uh, just as a stand-up and things like that. But this is a pretty good documentary because it gives you some insight. Especially if you're used to seeing him on Howard Stern and how closed up he is. And they'd make fun of him about women and dating and things like that. And... Uh, um, it shows, you know, he's an older guy now and he's married and he has kids. And, um, if you know Gilbert, you know, the voice and, uh, and all that and his, you know, type of comedy. But then if you see this documentary, you see, um, first of all, you see his family, like his, his mom, his, uh, and, uh, sister and, um, you know, his friends and things like that. But, also, you see him uh, without the without the uh, you know the personality that that you know from his comedy act and from him being on different shows and things like that, which is pretty good. It's actually you know pretty interesting, and and I like they showed him uh, going to uh, autograph signings and things like that. And when he goes on the road, and and um, he really is. Uh, I don't know if I would say emotionally closed up, but he obviously doesn't like um, public displays of affection, even with his wife. And I think it's funny because she does. So she kind of, uh, you know, will go over and give him a hug. And he, he really just kind of doesn't even like put his arms around her. Uh, but also, up daddy let's see if i can get this correct there we go that's better bitter uh but it's a good documentary i think i watched that one on uh amazon prime 
I watched a movie called Assassin with uh, Olga Kulienko. And um, from what I can tell, um, I thought this was just kind of like maybe just a straight to DVD or I want to say straight to DVD. It's really no DVDs or they still are, but straight to digital download. Burp. Um, but what I think it is, is uh, because I have also seen, um, let me think, the other day, I haven't watched it yet, there's another uh, movie with her on Prime, and I think it's on Prime, um, and after I watched this one, I looked some stuff up about it, and um, I think that they are Israeli-made movies. And um, I believe they said that this one, um, Assassin, um, was the first Israeli-made movie with, like, a, I think a woman in an action movie. This is the star, you know, like, just a straight-up action movie. It was pretty good. Um, she, it, it has a lot to do with, um, like, a white slavery and forced prostitution and things like that. And then um, she gets involved in, in that kind of a situation. Um, be, you know, traveling outside the, her, you know, the, her uh, native country and then gets involved in that. And then um, to get out of it, uh, these basically uh i don't know if i would say mafia but these crime guys yeah well kind of mafia guys um say well you know they kind of set her up and they say well if you kill somebody for us um uh, or if you kill pe if you kill people for us and you do it and um over you know say a cer certain period of time we'll let you go we'll give you your passport we'll give you everything and da -da -da -da. The fucking microphone just flipped over again. I don't know why this thing will not stay in this. You son of a bitch! You motherfucker! Quit flipping, daddy. Anyway, let me make sure that, that uh, I'm actually recording. <laughs> that would be a hoot. Um, but anyway, that one's pretty good. So I'm actually going to check out the other one. Um, I'm not sure what the name of that one is yet. I mean, I know what it is, but it's on my iPad, so... Uh, but it's they're both newer newer movies. Um, I watched Men of Valor. What the hell is that? Men. Of, oh, oh, I know what that is. Okay, I uh, on YouTube um, because they're almost getting like Facebook, where they will uh, give channels strikes for like overly gory things or language they'll well they, i think they demonetize and then if somebody complains enough they'll they'll uh, get rid of your your channel and everything so some of these people if it's if it's um uh the subject matter is like war or you know something that's going to be really violent uh, as far as like war goes or it might show like nazis and things like that they'll do the whole thing in like animation and the animation will be kind of almost like a maybe a cross between like South Park and um, oh I don't know uh, 
maybe Family Guy or something like that. But still, all the information is really good, and it's really historically accurate and really interesting. It's just that they show, you know, it's like animation. And the one I watched uh, yesterday was about, um, it was, oh, I don't know how many guys they showed, but they were like uh, medal, what was, either Medal of Honor winners or that the equivalent of Medal of Honor winners uh, in other countries. And they had several, they had, a, <clears throat> I think, a British pilot in World War II, and he didn't have any legs. Uh, he got injured and lost both of his legs. Uh, and they made um, fake, you know, or prosthetic legs for him, and he uh, could still fly uh, his, uh, you know, airplane in combat in dogfights and things like that. And he got shot down and got put in a um, German prison camp. Uh, well, at first, I think that they said that the Germans really, you know, respected him. Uh, because when they found him, you know, they realized that he didn't have any legs and, um, but he just constantly tried to escape. They put him in a, in a prisoner of war camp and he tried to escape. Like, I don't know how many different times and everything. Um, there was one about, uh, these, uh, this guy who was a Gurkha, uh, in, I think that one was in, I believe Korea. Uh, maybe because I think they were, he was fighting that or his, him and his men were fighting Chinese and they were completely surrounded and, um, like a, a, a shitload of his guys all, or almost all of them got either killed or wounded. And he got his, uh, like they were th throwing grenades and he was throwing them back and he grabbed this one grenade and it blew up in his hand, like blew his hand off. And he still, he was down in a trench and so the trench, say, was like chest level for him to, you know, stand up. And they were coming on the flat, like coming towards him. And he had like a, I think it was like a bolt action rifle. And um, he could, he was shooting with one hand. And I guess he could like uh, rest it on the, on the ground uh, because he was actually standing up and it went on for hours and hours and he killed a whole shitload of, uh, of people. And, um, he took his Gurkha knife out. And if you've ever seen one of those, it's one of the ones that kind of has the curved blade and he, they said he stuck it in the ground and he said, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gurkha and none of you will, you know, will make it past my knife or something. So, which is kind of cool. It's cool to, to, um, to uh, hear these stories, you know, about, you know, pe people that are being valiant. Uh, uh, one was, um, uh, 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 you know, you always hear the story about a soldier that, you know, throws himself on a grenade to protect his, you know, comrades. And they showed that one. Um, hang on one second. You want to sneeze? I think I'm going to sneeze. Maybe not. <coughs> mm. So anyway, and... Um, trying to think of any of the other ones there was a couple of canadian guys that uh, were really that were really good the one the guy had like a he got um wounded i think by a uh, phosphorus grenades and he lost his eye and he wore an eye patch almost like nick fury or snake plissken and he told him that he didn't want to um be drummed out of the service you know he still wanted to fight and um 
he would wear um, like sneakers uh, instead of you know combat boots or whatever. He would wear like tennis shoes, um, and he was really that was a really good one. And um, oh, there was a I had seen the one the the first one before. It was a uh, United States uh, you know Green Beret. And um, I think that that one was he was in Vietnam and he got shot so many times and was helping his um, friends um, who had, uh, I think their helicopter crashed or they were pinned down and he was back at the base and he could hear on the radio them, you know, saying, hey, we're getting overrun. You know, we're you know, you guys got to come out and help us. And he jumped on a helicopter, uh, just him jumped on he jumped on a helicopter and they flew him out there and they said he was so charged up to go that when he jumped on the helicopter he forgot his gun so all he had was his um his knife and then when he got there his main thing was you know to get his guys the wounded and everything and get them onto the helicopter and get the fuck out of there and it was one of the you know he was picking the guys up and carrying them throwing them on the helicopter and, uh, you know, he was getting shot up and everything while that was going on and, and actually picking up uh, their guns or, you know, AKs that the Vietnamese had dropped and stuff and fighting. Um, so that one was really good. And then they, they did the one uh, um, that the, the movie Hacksaw Ridge was based on where the guy was a seven-day eventist and he was a conscientious objector and became a medic in world war ii and all the stuff that he had to go through and then they had this big battle i don't know if it was uh, okinawa i think maybe and it was like one of the, the bloodiest battle in you know the pacific theater and he was helping you know he, he didn't carry a gun or anything and his thing was he was going and just you know uh trying to help the wounded stabilize them or you know just just help them and carry them you know back to where they were safe and that was it, it was all really good you know it was interesting lots of good stuff on youtube to to you know take up your time i think those are i think they were they're basically done like uh i don't know if they're like 10 minutes or under but uh somebody had made like a playlist and or put them all together so it was really good um silent rage i don't know if that was rolf uh somebody watched silent rage i think we covered that on the show at one time that's a chuck norris movie that's the one that um i saw the trailer for on television when i was a kid and it was a rated r movie and um i talked my mom into uh her and my sisters were going to the mall and this was playing in a you know a theater in the in the downtown, and um, I told my mom that my friend was uh, going to meet me there, and that we would you know she could drop me off and then come pick me up. And I lied. I just wanted to see the movie because I was like a huge Chuck Norris mark. I'm gonna pause for a second. I need to go get something to drink. I just ran in there and I or to to record and I forgot to to get anything to drink. If you're gonna do a podcast. You definitely want to have some uh, something liquid. Um, but Silent Rage, again, at that time, I don't know if I was, you know, I would say between 12 and 15, maybe. Um, but 
it was i like that one um i think even when we reviewed it for the show it's it's still fairly entertaining even though you know chuck norris has proven to be kind of a dickwad uh <laughs> It's funny watching. It, it, it's funny with any movies that you liked when you were a kid and you just thought they were the greatest thing. Anything that had karate in it. Back in the day, I wanted to watch whether it was, you know, Joe Lewis or um, uh, Kill or Be Killed, Kill and Kill Again, Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee, uh, all the Bruce Lee knockoff uh, fake Bruce Lees like Bruce Lie and shit like that. Um Oh, my nose is itching now. Uh, but um, this one was kind of a cross between action, martial arts movie, and a horror movie, which I like. So anyway, the computer just paused for some reason. I don't know why. It, or it didn't pause. I got a... Uh, hourglass so i'm glad i had it up there i would have been still talking i don't know why i did that but um the uh it's kind of a sort of a cross like a almost like a dr frankenstein uh and frankenstein monster meets chuck norris and they have flounder in there from um animal house as his deputy and of course uh no chuck norris movie is complete uh especially back then without him walking into a bar and having to fight like uh you know 12 guys at once drunk uh bikers and shit like that which one of the bikers in that one was his brother aaron norris who worked as like a stunt coordinator on several of his movies but i like that one it was pretty good um and again, like I said, I'll have to go back and look on uh, Sylvan Gold. I think Loaf and I actually reviewed that one. I don't think he had seen it. Um, I watched uh, oh, any, uh, a thing on uh, Ron Perlman had posted a, uh, a video yesterday. <clears throat> and he was talking about Apple. I guess he had taken like uh, all his music that he owned say on um, CD and things like that. And he, um, you can basically, you know, download all your, um, you know, rip all, all your songs and stuff that you have, you know, from your old CD collection to your, your uh, hard drive or to the cloud or whatever, and then play it on, you know, iTunes. God damn it. <laughs> everything's working against me now and now i feel like i have a hair in my nose <clears throat> i'm trying to pull it wait a minute <clears throat> uh, i don't know if i got it or not and then my mustache is really long right now so it might just be a hair on my mustache curling up into the nostril this usually happens at work and then it, i feel weird i hate that anyway but he he put all this music he said like over like three thousand songs or something like that he downloaded to his computer and I don't know if he had it in the cloud or what, but then um, one day he got on there to listen to his music, and it was all gone. Couldn't find it. Uh, just actually was just not there. And I think he must have downloaded it to... He, he must have downloaded it... I don't know how, because I have... I have stuff, um, you know, whether it's podcast or... 
or you know music that I have taken off of you know ripped off of uh, my old CDs to my computer and they're just in files on my computer and you know I know where the files are and then when I go to my iTunes I can uh, maybe he didn't copy and save them to his iTunes you know leave them in say his C drive somewhere but also copy and then uh, save them to you know iTunes because he said he they were just not there anymore and I guess iTunes has a new music thing that's like 9.99 so he contacted iTunes and they said well if you sign up for this new music thing you know um, we should you know it should be able to play those or something so he didn't want to do that because he said I own this music anyway and but he ended up he paid the nine ninety nine, <clears throat> and then all his music appeared and he could listen to him and he's all pissed but like I said I still have stuff on there I don't know I don't know how he say he, he you know he lost everything first of all I would save everything to again to just my hard drive or to my cloud and then you go to like file or whatever and and save save a save a um, a file or save a certain um, you know thing to to iTunes and then it just it, it, it you know creates a path to that file I don't know I, I haven't had that happen to me so I don't know what he was on but he was really pissed so it was kind of it was kind of funny because he likes to cut loose with the mother motherfuckers and things like that I watched the void um, the reason that I watched this and I had never seen it, I remember like uh, people talking about it on podcast and saying that they liked it and everything uh, but again it's it's you know I'm not a big horror uh, fan, but I was watching a documentary that is on, I think, Prime, and it's it was a documentary about um, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft, Fear of the Unknown. It's a really good documentary, and um, they talk about you know Lovecraft and him you know growing up and how he became the person that he was and how you know his life experience and everything uh helped him create this these uh you know crazy you know kind of godlike creatures or monsters and 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 things like like Cthulhu and the whole Cthulhu mythos and and how he wrote and everything and um also they talked about like you know his uh xenophobia and uh you know, a lot of the bad things about, you know, about him uh, and why he possibly what triggered that and what caused him to, you know, kind of be that kind of person or think that kind of way. Um, but anyway, I watched The Void. I really liked it. Um, it, it was almost, uh, well, it wasn't almost. It was like a siege movie. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, Hair in My Nose. Mirror. Um Shit, what was the John Carpenter? Assault on uh, Precinct uh, 13. Uh, but with, you know, crazy, bizarre things going on. Um, 
which you know was all the you know the whole Lovecraft kind of uh, style or or kind of mythos was sort of in there, and I really liked that. I thought that you know the the whole cast and everything. I thought they really did a good job, um, and I just enjoyed it. I, I like that. I like that whole. Uh, uh, like I said, that mythos, uh, and you see that in a lot of movies, including I was just talking about Ron Perlman, but like Hellboy, and um, then also uh, in the Dark Horse comics was Hellboy, BPRD, a lot, a lot of it in BPRD, uh, and um, you know several, several, several movies. Um, another thing I saw, uh, they had a um, video game called i think it was the call of cthulhu video game and i had never played it i just saw the trailer and and then read about it and everything and i i really kind of i like that and then i listened to the call of cthulhu on an audio uh book and, and it had that and then it had a couple of other hp lovecraft things and you know he, he kind of writes in the first person like he's uh, it's somebody's diary uh, or they're writing down what they're experiencing, and and I and, and not only just the, the the you know that kind of a monstrous like whether it's a, a Cloverfield monster or something like that, but uh, the mental things, if you will, like strange uh, Stranger Things, uh, you know some of the, the the these these creatures, like I said, they're almost like godlike and how they. Can not only just a physical uh, force, but um, you know, can mess with you mentally. And that was one thing in the game that I saw that that looked like it was really cool because it was one of those deals where um, you're the player and you are the person, the narrator. You're the one going through it, but it's it's one of those deals where can you trust the narrator? Can you trust what you're seeing yourself? You know, you're you're seeing through the eyes of the narrator, and you're seeing what's on the screen. But is, but is that real? Uh, because the whether it's Cthulhu or, or whatever creature uh, or god or whatever you want to call them, uh, it might be messing with your fucking head. Dig it. Um, I walk the line. I think Rolf watched that. Uh, we reviewed that on the show too. Uh, I really like that movie. Um, I saw it with my parents on TV when I was a kid. And it was kind of one of those ones that when you watch it when you're a kid, uh, I love Johnny Cash and I love that song, I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. But when I watched this movie when I was a kid, it was it was um, over my head as far as everything, you know, uh, because like I said, I was watching Chuck Norris movies and that's what, you know, in cowboy movies and war movies and stuff like that. Whereas this is more of an adult movie with adult themes and watching it as an adult, I really like it. I like the whole, you know, thing part, everything about it, uh, all the acting Tuesday weld and, um, um, but and also it's a it's one of those rural movies like uh walking tall and um you know um you know some of the old moonshine movies and things like that um the the actual look of the movie and where it takes place and everything reminds me a lot of where you know i live and i mean it's different now because it's a different time but uh, you know growing up in the you know early 70s and uh, you know, uh, you know, late sixties, early seventies, you know, I remember when there were no interstates and, you know, you just had to rural back country roads and how people dressed and people, how people acted. And they were a lot more country back then, but I really like this movie. Um, 
and it just it's one of these movies that just shows you you know uh how I was going to say how a woman can, you know, make you act like a jackass, but I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, women out there that uh, with the right guy, the guy, you know, can make them act like a jackass too. Um, faster pussycat kill kill. I found that on, uh, the whole thing is on YouTube. So if you want to check it out, if you've never seen it, uh, you, you should watch it. It's a, it's a fucking riot. I mean, it's really good. Um, um, I just like everything about it, uh, you know, Russ Meyer movie, but it's one of these ones that uh, the women are all, you know, kick ass, uh, don't take no shit, and uh, the the uh, you have well, I guess you know, s- s- there's different men in the movie, but they're you know, no match for, <laughs> for, uh, the, 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 you see these, these chicks that are like go-go dancers and, um, uh, Tura, uh, Satana or whatever. And they, with big titties and she's kind of looks more like a dominatrix kind of a look with, she's all in black with her, you know, big cleavage showing and, you know, the eyebrows and everything. And, um, uh, you know, uh, knee high, uh, you know, black leather boots and black glove, like gloves, short sleeve kind of shirt, but real tight, but with the, you know, like black gloves and she knows karate and jujitsu and judo and everything. And, and she kind of dominates everybody, um, which is just really good. And then, you know, I, I went and, uh, looked up, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff about her too, which was, which was pretty interesting. Uh, I always thought she had a really kind of an odd look, because she does have like the kind of, you know, uh, a lot of makeup and the kind of uh, shaved off eyebrows, but then painted back on. So she kind of looks like uh, Natasha from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Boris and Natasha, or Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. Uh, but she is actually uh, Asian. And um, I think she's Japanese, I believe. But um, she's a pretty interesting character. But I love this movie. And it's definitely, like I said, it's it's a fucking fun time. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. I watched uh, uh, Berserk, uh, the Golden Age arc. They made, um, I have the uh, uh, MAGA, MANGA, MAGA. I always say MAGA now because of MAGA, Make America Great Again, but it's uh, Manga. Um, I have that, uh, like a, a digital download of, of that. And I've read uh, some of it. I haven't read all of it. And I, I'd have to, I think it's on my old iPad. So I was thinking about that the other day when I was watching this. But they actually made, um, a, uh, I think, two or three uh, full-length uh, features, which are like an hour and a half long, each one of them, of, uh, you know, Berserk. And um, they're really good. And these aren't for kids because, again, just like the, um, the illustrated, uh, you know, manga um got a lot of violence a lot of really really hardcore uh violence and also uh nudity uh sex rape uh and also as i was saying about like i walked the line how it it's over the it would be over the head of a kid uh that's the way this is too because you know you deal with uh relationships between men uh you know also kind of a love triangle kind of a thing and uh you know some gay uh, or bisexual stuff uh but it's really good um it follows the um 
you know, the life or whatever of this guy. His name is Guts. Yes, Guts. <laughs> and he is like a mercenary, kind of a warrior. Carries around this great big fucking like broadsword. I mean, it's funny because when you watch it, you you suspend disbelief and and um. But I was looking. He he kind of carries it on his back. But there are times when he's fighting with this sword. If you think about it, and you look at the sword and you look at him, he can have this thing stuck to his back. And the way that the uh, the end of it is like up by his head. He would it would be stuck in the ground because it's so long. It's like over like six feet long. It's probably say say if guts is uh, six feet tall, this thing's probably like nine feet long. You know, uh, but guts is um, very durable, and uh, as far as a fighter goes, and he doesn't have like any fear, and he's like yeah, a really good fighter. And then he comes across this uh, group of mercenaries uh, that are fighting for this king that are led by this guy Griffin. And Griffin, uh, when I first started watching it, I was like, you know, why? They, they kind of make Griffin look like a chick. Um, he's got like white blonde hair, but it's real long. And he almost has like feminine mannerisms. And when I first started watching it, uh, I don't know if it was when I was reading. I might have been when I was reading it. Um, I didn't know if it was a guy or a girl. I was like, is this supposed to be a, 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 a woman? Or is this supposed to be a man? Well, then when you watch the, um, you know, the the uh, animated movie, you know, you definitely know it's a it's a guy. But he Griffin definitely um, had I, I I would have to say he probably goes. Well, I wouldn't say probably. I would say he goes both ways. <laughs> and he's like really he's like one of the only people that uh, could defeat guts in combat and there's more to him than meets the eye. He's very calculating. And so there's a lot of the stuff that's not really like a white hat, black hat, like guts, uh, you know, okay, he might supposed to be a hero, but you know, he'll, he'll kill people, uh, you know, in, in the most brutal way. And, um, but not only that, but just like if somebody, does something to a person that he is friends with or that he cares about, you know, he'll go out and get revenge and, you know, murder the person. Um, and then there's a girl that is part of Griffin's. She's like Griffin's second in command. Uh, and she is, um, like the, uh, product or whatever of, uh, rape and then Griffin finds her and saves her and then has her join his band of warriors and teaches her to be a warrior. And she's real, you know, she's got like short hair, and but she's really tough and tries to, uh, you know, once... And, and they, they have a lot of commentary there about uh, being a woman in like a quote-unquote man's world or a warrior's world where, you know, they'll go into battle and she's killing these guys and everything, but these guys on the other side are like, you know, you're following that bitch you know, or, or what kind of what kind of men follow a woman, and you know, things like that. But it's really good. I mean, I really like it. Um, I, I need to uh, get get back in and read the the, the um, there's some stuff that they leave out of the animated movies, 
like in the in the um in the manga especially the first part when i was reading guts there's like a little fairy that follows him around almost like tinkerbell and um you know she's like I don't know if she's in love with guts or whatever and, and follows him around and everything. He's real mean to her and shit, but that's just kind of like a little comedy thing. But even that, like I said, it's, it's not, if it was just like in a regular cartoon or something, you know, she would be like, Oh, I'm going to help you. And he'd be like, Oh my God, she's helping me. But he's kind of a dick. Um, but it's pretty good. If you get a chance, that's on Netflix. And I think there's three of them on there. I don't know if they made any more than that. That might just be all that they have right now. I watched the Sonata. Um, this was something that I found, I think, on Crackle. And I don't know if it was just like a made-for-Crackle movie. Um, but the thing that caught my eye, it's a horror movie. And the thing that caught my eye the most and made me want to watch it was, that first of all, it's a it's new. Uh, but, uh, well, as new as new can be because what I was just getting ready to say, uh, it has Rutger Hauer in it. And I would have to imagine this might be one of the last things that he ever did. Um, so that's why I wanted to watch it because I love, you know, uh, Rutger Hauer. And then the I kind of just saw like the trailer when I was looking for something to watch. The trailer was playing and I thought, oh, this looks pretty good. It kind of goes along. It kind of reminds me of the Johnny Depp movie uh, where he is Dean Corso and they have the book that's supposedly written by the devil and things like that kind of goes along sort of a little bit like that. Um, but it has more to do like the 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 uh, the main person in it is this girl and she's a concert violinist and she's learning to you know, she goes and takes uh, classes from this, uh, you know, classically trained, uh, you know, violinist to, you know, who, who I think his career never took off. Like he never became like, you know, the greatest ever. So he's giving, you know, violin lessons. Uh, and, um, but she is the daughter of a famous, violinist she's a daughter of the the guy who was you know people were like oh my god he's you know like a, a master and everything and if that's Rutger Hauer and uh then it kind of goes along and and has a lot of uh, a lot of occult stuff in it and uh but it's I thought it was good I mean it's not something that I was like oh my god this is so great but I thought it was really good it's the kind of like horror movie that I like um so you might want to check it out. Like I said, Crackle, I mean, it's a free app that you can get on your Roku or I think on your, you know, uh, iPad and things like that and just stream. I don't know if you can download. I don't think you can. I'm not sure. Um, I watched a documentary called um, So About Alistair Crowley or Crowley, Crowley. Uh, this is really good. I, it's kind of one of those things like, like I was just talking about, like the occult uh, kind of stuff. Um, I always said that I thought that Phil and um, Ethan Cohen should, uh, or uh, Phil, what the hell did I get Phil? Joel and Ethan Cohen should make a movie, uh, whether it would specifically be about Aleister Crowley, but uh, just have a character that's like him, you know, and then throw in uh, an L. Ron Hubbard type character and a Jack Parsons type character, Marjorie Cameron. And, uh, you know, they're doing all these rituals and things like that. But, you know, do it in that funny, quirky Coen Brothers way, you know, uh, because that's the one thing. If you if you watch um, or read, I actually have a, a book um, that got 
caught in my flood when my basement flooded. Um, I still have it. I saved it, but it's kind of one of those ones that I was like trying to dry it out and everything. And it's, uh, uh, I think it's Aleister Crowley, the wickedest man in the world or, um, so anyway, but if you read some of the stuff, uh, as from like an occult point of view where the people are actually talking about like the Babylon working and, and all this stuff that they did and these, you know, spells and psychedelics and they went to, you know, the, uh, other dimensions and all this net and, and they take it in a really serious way. Uh, it's one thing, but then if you also see any kind of like online documentaries or, or things like that, where they're actually talking about, um, you know, he, conjured up the you know lucifer or something like that but they they're doing it like how you kind of expect how it really was like just a bunch of people getting drunk and getting high on lsd and and doing fucking stupid shit you know uh i saw one thing one time where um you know they had this like whether it was oto or um i'm trying to think the the uh is it Crimson Dawn? I can't remember what the what the fucking different Golden Pat. Now Golden Pat. I'm getting mixed up with uh with terrorist organizations. But anyway, something like that, um, or even like the Freemasons and things like that, or uh, Scientology and everything. Um, and um, they would back in the day. You know, this was like uh late 1800s, early 19 1900s, and uh. They're, you know, people are communicating by, you know, just writing letters or, you know, maybe telegrams or something like that. And uh, so they would have like a lodge, like, you know, it's almost like a cult like thing, but like, you know, just more like a lodge. And, um, <laughs> and like one guy would be in, um, say, London and Crowley's in uh, fucking India somewhere. And, you know, because he would travel, I guess, you know, inherited money and stuff. And, um, he would find out that somebody was doing something that he didn't approve of. So he was going to, you know, uh, uh, travel, you know, by ship back to London and, and go and confront this person and put a spell on him. And the, you know, a guy and a bunch of his friends are sitting in, in, in at some place and Crowley bursts in and starts going, you know, uh, all this shit. Like he's, he's, doing all these incantations and everything and you know you're expecting okay, what's going to happen like you know is is the guy going to get struck by lightning or is he going to fall over dead and everything and he's just sitting there you know babbling on about this shit and then he just fucking you know stops and everybody's quiet like looking at each other and then nothing happens and then he just leaves and then he, and then he writes you know that it was successful i th- throttled with you know I, I throttled him you know psychically with this and that and everything but you know nothing really happened but he's writing like almost like he's dr strange and some fucking uh uh you know he's he's in a different um what the, it's fucking dr strange when he would go into the astral plane or whatever i don't know but basically if you're just a normal person sitting there looking at you're like what the fuck you know this is just some idiot it's almost like somebody playing dungeons and dragons or when uh people used to um oh just you know the the people that would the the kids and stuff or, or not just kids but adults too that would go out in the woods and like have like swords and they'd say okay you're an elf and this person here and they're, they're doing like live role play sort of i mean you know i'm talking about those people but then you have like people that do the same thing with uh 
you know, Civil War reenactments or World War II or World War One reena- battle reenactments and things like that. It's basically like almost just like cosplay. So that's kind of like what this was, you know. And and uh, but the guy was a you know definitely a total hedonist, and they would do like the weirdest shit, you know. He was a a, a fucking pervert. <laughs> And I think he used this shit just to be, just to be a fucking, uh, yeah, I think he was a fucking, uh, 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 sex addict and, and uh, probably a sex addict and a drug addict and, and, uh, and a hedonist. And he would just use like this magic stuff as an excuse to fucking probably get chicks and guys to fuck and, uh, and to just do all kind of, he was like kind of a sadist and everything because there's a lot of like, uh, pooping and peeing and eating shit and drinking piss and uh, you know whipping somebody and uh you know uh, fucking butt fucking people and you know all kinds of stuff and he, whether he, it's just i don't know but it's interesting I, I again it's just like one of those things where i'm more interested in uh, uh, just reading about the person uh it's like whether even like football you know i like the uh say the athleticism and things like that of, of, and even just playing football and stuff. But I also like just reading about the, the, the colorful cast of characters that were on the team. Uh, you know, one guy who smokes dope and the, you know, the, the coach is a fucking asshole. And then the one guy is a big Christian and, you know, and, and it's like with the wrestlers and stuff, their life outside of wrestling, whether they get attacked by a real, you know, get really attacked by a fan or going out partying on the road and getting groupies and, uh, uh, or, you know, they're, they're just, everybody's different. It's just like in regular life, you have a bunch of friends and everybody's different. And it's just interesting reading about these people. So the Aleister Crowley thing, uh, I think that was just on YouTube. I found it, but it was a pretty long documentary about him. Uh, Transporter 3, I believe Rolf watched that one. That's the one with the, the uh, I think in each one of these, they would have a, uh, they would just go find some chick and Statham would have to rescue some chick and they would get some skinny model. Uh, this was the least, uh, I think Rolf agreed with me on this or I agreed with him on this, uh, that this was the least um, charismatic and least uh, appealing. Uh, I don't know if I know if I would, maybe she is just an actress, but I, I would think it was just a, like a model. Um I didn't uh, the the format or, or or you know the uh the basic uh, guidelines of a transporter movie this all follows you know with him driving the car and you know somebody's trying to get him and the chick's involved and he has to protect her and they kind of have friction but they really like you know they end up liking each other blah 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 they're all kind of the same Statham's a good action star it always they always have like you know good car stunts and things like that kind of outrageous but good car stunts he's wearing his uh, his suit and then eventually he'll have to take his shirt off and fight somebody or he gets captured and tortured but then he has his shirt off and um again um i haven't watched these in a while i thought they were fairly entertaining and and just like anything else as they go along i think that you know they they start to lose their steam because and again the fucking thing just paused for some reason i don't know why hopefully it's recording uh well 
uh, about an hour in and I haven't even got like 10 lines down here. Cause like I said, I, I, I just, I'd rather have, um, I'd rather have too much on here to talk about than, uh, not have enough. Um, let's see, we'll go through some of this other stuff. I don't even know why I have to go through it quickly. I, Cause I can just do another episode tomorrow. Uh, I watched, um, well watched it was on youtube um the opening opie and anthony show they had a compilation of uh their dealings with gene simmons from kiss which was pretty funny because you know and this does have to do with movies because gene simmons was in uh you know several you know movies um the one with tom Selleck uh, was it runaway where they had the little uh they almost looked like little spiders but they were mechanical and they would kill people. It was a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was, you know, an 80s movie. But it, I remember liking it when I was a kid. I think Tom Selleck back then, you know, he made those westerns, those Louis L'Amour westerns, which were TV uh, movies. And they, they were really good. But as far as being on the big screen, um, that movie Lassiter, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Runaway, I thought it was good. Um, then there was the one... Um, where he was the pilot, and I think it was Rosanna Arquette, and they re- there was two movies out around the same time about like a pilot who flies like a biplane back in it's like a uh, the you know maybe it's like 1920s 1930s, and uh, the one was um, with Christopher Reeve, and I don't know if that that one I think the one with Tom Selleck was Rosanna Arquette. Uh, but that was a pretty good movie too. Tom Selleck's, you know, pretty good, but he just got caught up in like uh, James Garner, more of a uh, TV. Uh, he was more successful on TV with Magnum PI, and then uh, he started doing the um, was it the there was a, not Family of Cops. There's a TV show that he does where he uh, it, it is like a Family of Cops, and uh, then there's that one where he is like a sheriff, Jesse something, Jesse Stone. <laughs> and then he did uh, the, uh, like a, a few uh, kind of comedy movies too, like rom-com things. The one with Paulina Porosikova, who was really hot back in the day. Uh, she, she was like a supermodel. And I had her poster up on my wall when I was in college. Uh, that was pretty amusing. Uh, so Tom Selleck's pretty good, you know. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, da, 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 da. But anyway, uh, Opie and Anthony, I guess um, they were working at the uh, one radio station and the radio station had a weather person, I think, and it was Anthony's girlfriend in real life. And um, it was in another part of the building, I believe. And Gene Simmons was over there doing an interview for another show. Uh, I think it was like a, maybe a TV show. And then when he was with Shannon Tweed, and I don't know if they ever did get married, uh, but they were like basically common law, husband and wife. And I, I don't know. I know she has said on TV and things like that. She's really, you know, sick of his um, shtick. And uh, the the when they had the reality show, the, the son even told Gene Simmons, you know, that he was pissed uh, and at him and he didn't like how he disrespected uh his mother and you know by you know either leading people to believe that he was still screwing around with all these women or was still screwing around they speculated on opie and anthony that they had an open relationship and i don't know but anyway he was coming on to this chick 
at that uh, studio. And I guess saying, you know, You know, a few he didn't give a shit, and she kind of had to put him in his place, and I guess it was kind of uncomfortable. Um, so Anthony from Opie and Anthony, he didn't know anything about this until after Gene Simmons was on, do, did an interview with them. But I think when they when they were getting done with the interview, Anthony said something. So so where are you going from here, Gene? And he and he said something about uh, maybe I I might go and sleep with your girlfriend or fuck your girlfriend or something like that. And he was just laughing along with him, thinking it was just Gene being Gene. And then after Gene Simmons left and he went home that night, I guess the his girlfriend told him that, you know, people actually, they said that people um, saw, he had her like kind of up against the wall uh, coming on to her and everything. And they actually came up to her afterwards and said, is everything okay? You know, was something going on there that we needed to step in? He was being like really aggressive. And so then after she told Anthony the next, like, I I don't know for how long, uh, when they brought him up on the show, Anthony would get pissed and just go off on this tirade. And it was just like a, uh, hours of uh, them making fun of Gene Simmons, making fun of him being fat, making fun of his hair looking like black cotton candy and how he's really bald and how he's got a gut and uh, you know, and then they would do like impressions of him. It was fucking hilarious. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Ode to Billy Joe. That's um, another one Rolf watched. Uh, that was a Jeannie C. Riley song. And uh, if you ever seen her back back then, she was really a cutie, really a good looking lady. Uh, good song. She had a really a good voice and, uh, you know, good songwriter, too. Um, this one starred Robbie Benson uh, as Billy Joe. And uh, I think we talked about this on the show, too. I don't think we watched it and reviewed it, though. Um, but we were talking about Billy Joe and, you know, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge and talking about why Billy Joe jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge and uh, what the what the story was there. And so then I think we were just kind of making fun of it uh, as far as who played certain people in the movie and why Billy Joe jumped off the bridge and shit like that. And it was kind of a before its time uh story uh this movie i believe was produced and i don't know if it was it might have been directed too by max bear jr who did um making county line uh and again this was uh one of he was i've talked about it before on the show about uh like him and tom laughlin who did the billy jack movies uh they were two uh, and like the walking tall movie or with joe don baker uh those are movies that were um really super low budget like say they made it for like a million dollars or even less than that like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that and the movie over the years not even over the years but when it came out just made mega bucks i mean they say they made uh 500 fucking million dollars on a on a five hundred thousand dollar budget you know and you know so it it basically set max bear for life max bear jr max bear was the heavyweight champion that was his dad um, a boxing. Uh, let's see here. 
I already talked about Lovecraft. Uh, Thief with James Caan. Uh, see, I'm talking about a, a whole bunch of movies that I didn't even fucking watch. Uh, but I've, I've seen, of course, with James Caan, Willie Nelson, uh, John or Jim Belushi. Uh, this is a really good movie. Dennis Farina is in this. I think it's the first movie he was ever in. He plays with one of the heavies, uh, like a uh, killer for uh, the main bad guy. I uh, love this movie. It's Michael Mann, uh, one uh, that you definitely should watch. I'm just thinking, would I give this movie a 10? It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty awesome. Just about everything about it. Um, I just, I'll never forget the time I was watching it uh, at my mom and dad's house, and I had never seen it before. And I watched it, and then I dozed off for like maybe uh, 10 minutes because I was really tired, and it was on late at night. And then I woke up and continued watching it. So for years, um, I thought that I fell asleep and was dreaming that Willie Nelson was in the movie because I think there was a version of it that they showed on TV and maybe they didn't show the Willie Nelson part. So I thought I just dreamt that Willie Nelson was in it. And then when I actually watched the uncut version off of a, like a VHS tape or whatever that it, I was like, oh, fuck Willie Nelson is in this. I thought, I thought I dreamt that Willie Nelson was in it. Really good movie. James Conn was great in it. Uh, man did an excellent job. Um, the Karen Carpenter story. Now this is an interesting one. I found this one by, uh, again, watching some videos on YouTube and, uh, there's a guy who does, uh, on his channel, um, it'll, uh, just like odd things. He'll talk about like the dark, uh, dark web and things like that. But also, um, th this one was, um, uh, um, f I think it was five or seven documentaries that disappeared or that were banned or something like that. Just weird, weird documentaries. And, um, they, uh, he was talking about this and I actually found it on, I don't know if it was on YouTube or if it was on Vimeo, uh, maybe Daily Motion. There's all so many different um, streaming services out there. Uh, a lot of times, if you are looking for something specifically, if you just do a Google search, you know, don't don't just just don't just go to YouTube and put it in their search engine because if it's not on there, then of course you never find it. But you know, I do a Google search and uh, then just. you know, on the internet. Um, but anyway, this one was, um, the, the, uh, weird thing about this is it's a documentary about, uh, the pop singer, Karen Carpenter, who was with her brother, uh, in the Carpenters. Uh, he played, I think she played the drums and he played the piano or organ. Um, and she was the lead singer, of course, and everything had a really, you know, distinctive, great voice, and they had a shitload of songs. Um, but the whole thing uh, that most people remember, I mean, the music still is, you know, it's great music uh, for, like I said, pop pop music, and uh, but, you know, kind of soulful, and she had just her voice and everything. But um, she had body dysmorphia uh, issues and anorexia, and uh, that was really sad, you know, that she basically starved herself to death. And um, but they, this documentary, the, the, the kind of the catch, it's a super duper low budget uh, documentary. But it uh, the whole thing is done with Barbie, Barbie dolls, Barbie and Ken dolls. Um, and uh, but it's still really good. It's it's weird because they did it with the, the dolls. 
but uh, they play, you know, Carpenter's music and they, it's not fun. I mean, you know, when I say they do it with dolls and everything, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. It's actually a really, you know, good look at uh, a tragic look at somebody, you know, destroying themselves in mental illness. And uh, like I said, anorexia nervosa. And, um, you know, she was taking, um, oh, like uh, X-lax all the time. And, um, you know, she, they, I remember like one part where, uh, you know, her brother was confronting her and saying, you know, when they would, when it got so bad, uh, they would walk out on stage and people would like, the, the crowd would like gasp because she was so fucking skinny. And um, I don't know if he was gay I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up because there was one part where he was getting on her. and It's just like somebody confronting an addict, uh, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever, um, whatever kind of addiction. And they, they are totally in denial. And she said something about, you know, well, what if they found out about you and what and, and you know, your lifestyle? So I'm not sure about that. But anyway, it was it's worth a watch. It's 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 interesting that that somebody did it that way. I uh, and um, I think that uh, her family wasn't too happy with it. And so maybe that's why it, the, the the movie kind of disappeared. But of course, you know, it shows up on, uh, you know, if it exists, a lot of times it'll somebody will find it and put it on on the World Wide Web. Erp. Um Let's see. I watched Training Day with Denzel Washington uh, again. Um, is on I think Netflix, and I saw this in the theater. I thought it was really good, so I thought I would uh, one day. I was sitting here and just thought I would give it a another look. It's still good. It's one of those movies though that I have seen so many times, even now, that uh, it could probably sit on the shelf for about 20, 30 years before I could watch it. For you know, you know, watch it again. Uh, Scott Glenn is also in it. Tom Berenger shows up in it. Eva Mendez. Um, oh, I can't remember what's his name that was married to Uma Thurman. <laughs> He's in it too. He's like the main guy, but I can't remember his name. Ethan Hawke. Uh, <laughs> I watched Valley of Wolves, Iraq. And this was the movie that they made. Um, I think they made it in Turkey. Uh, it's a Turkish film. Uh, and it's one of the first and maybe only, I don't know if I would say only movies, but it's, it's one of the biggest budget uh, Turkish movies um, and successful in their country and some other countries, but definitely not successful in the United States. Uh, because this is a movie that shows the Iraq war from... Uh, the the point of view of the Turkish people and point of view of the Iraqi people and the Americans are the bad people, the bad guys. Uh, Billy Zane is in this. Um, uh, fucking Tito Ortiz is in this. And um, there was somebody else that popped up in it that caught me by surprise. Uh you took me by surprise, made me realize. Oh, uh, see. Um, but anyway, Billy Zane is the asshole. He's kind of the um, form. He, he would be like Eric Prince, the uh, head of Blackwater, uh, brother of Betsy DuVos, DeVos uh, who is a fucking mercenary piece of shit. Um, and 
they the the one thing about this and people say well it's you know um anti-american propaganda and everything uh they show things in this movie that without a doubt happened and that were really fucking nasty uh, that America did. They show the Abu Ghraib uh, prison uh, where they uh, were torturing people in Abu Ghraib and um, this fucking microphone. Now I'm, I'm just holding it because it just flops over like a limp dick. <laughs> Maybe I turn it upside down like I used to and just let it hang. Yeah, there we go. I don't need to look at my screen anyway. Okay, so now I don't have to worry about that. Um, but it's right in my face. Put it over to the side, bitch. Um, but anyway, they show that. And then there was uh, an incident that happened with uh, the, and how Turkey was involved. Um, they, the, this group of Americans led by Billy Zane, uh, they went into, I think it was like the, I don't know if it was a Turkish embassy or if it was just a place uh, like a, where, where you know, Turkish um, uh, um, nationals or whatever were. And they went in and basically uh, were going to get these guys from Turkey and take them and uh, interrogate them. And uh, they were like, you know, we're we are, you know, uh, allies to the United States and everything. And uh, and uh, Billy Zane, you know, is just he's real arrogant and, uh, you know, cocky and everything. And and uh, the, it was called like the the. Uh, something bagging incident because they put um they put like uh bags like uh, the burlap bags or whatever over all the turkish guys heads as they let him out of the building uh and it was like an international incident um uh gary Busey is the other guy that's in it and that's the the one thing that um you know like i said some of the stuff yeah you might look at it like uh it's anti-American or it's propaganda against America. Uh, but like some of the stuff, like I said, like the Abu Ghraib and the bag thing. And uh, the, there was a, a, a wedding where the Americans came and, you know, fucking shot up this wedding. And those things actually happened. So you can't deny that they that they happened and everything. The one thing that was really bad, though, was there is a certain amount of um, uh, anti-Semitism against like Israel and things like that. Uh, Gary Busey's character is a, um, a doctor and, um, they take these, uh, Iraqis to this doctor and, uh, he's almost like, a, again, like Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, I, I think they said that there was like a, a myth, supposedly a myth, uh, the, you know, when they say like, uh, you know, all the Jews have horns coming out of their heads and all this and that and everything. Um, but they said that I was reading up on it and they said that there was a myth uh, over, you know, the Muslim in the Muslim countries that um, these rich Jews, uh, they will get these um, people and they'll torture them and kill them. And then they'll uh, take their organs and, and, uh, sell them or give them to other rich people to keep them alive or sell them, uh, uh to rich people. Um, so Busey's character is an American and he's working for these rich, you know, Jews, I guess in Israel. And, uh, when they bring these, uh, 
some living and some dead uh, people to him. You know, first you think he's a doctor that's, you know, trying to treat them and help them and everything. But then it's he doesn't really give a shit. He just wants them to be in the best condition so they can harvest their organs. So that's kind of... Eh. But anyway, I watched it. I, I had seen um, a trailer for it a long, long time ago. And I think it maybe it was even on um, Entertainment Tonight or something where they were talking about it and that they got like uh, Billy Zane and uh, Gary Busey and some, you know, American uh, actors. And, um, you know, why would they do this? And it, it took place like when, you know, we were still at war and, you know, in Iraq, the movie was made. And, um, Somebody even said uh, they were talking to, I don't know who it was, um, but they were asking them about like Gary Busey playing, you know, why would he play this part? And it's anti-Semitic and everything. And, and I think like whether it was Billy Zane or who it was said, well, you know, if Gary Busey played a rapist in a movie, do you, does that mean he's really a rapist? He's just playing a part, you know? So, I mean, you know, you have a catch 22 there, I guess. And, you know, some people will look at it one way and some people will look at it another way. Uh, it was, you know, it was uh big budget for a Turkish movie, but you know, it was kind of, I just watched it cause I, you know, it kind of has an infamous reputation um, I watched, or I mean, uh, Rolf watched <laughs> Transporter 2. Now this one, I like the uh, chick in this, uh, not the main chick, but the villain chick. Uh, the one that has the short blonde hair and she wears like a, um, the patent leather stiletto uh, platform shoes. But she goes into like uh, uh, firefights with nothing but like a bustier and a pair of panties and a, like a hose and a garter belt. And then those shoes, which are tied at the top with these big red bows on the back of her ankles. And so that's kind of hot. And then she has like the uh, real black eye makeup that's kind of uh, dripping down, you know, kind of gives her this evil kind of badass look. And she carries these two uh, automatic pistols. So that's kind of cool. And again, Statham, you know, he's driving, he's trying to protect some chick and, uh, they're trying to kill him. And, um, you know, he fights people, karate fights him, uh, drives all over the place, does all kind of stunts and gets his shirt taken off. And then he ends up falling in love with the chick, blah, 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 blah. And then they always have like a reoccurring character of the, uh, of this, uh, police chief, uh, who knows who Statham is and knows what he does. And even though he's does some illegal things, he likes Statham and helps him and if he can. And But still, you know, if you cross the line, I'm going to take you in. Blah, 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 blah. Um, been watching The Expanse again. I think I'm on the uh, dead in the fourth season. Um, really like it still. Recommend it to everybody. Uh, they are... Um, this season, they... Um, have kind of dealt with uh the ring well i don't even want to tell everybody what what the fuck's going on because you won't know what i'm talking about uh the fortune that is um on prime and it stars jack nicholson warren Beatty, and stockard channing uh this is not that good um it's one of those ones that um kind of like uh the king of marvin's garden with uh bruce dern and jack nicholson and uh there, there are certain movies where you're thinking okay jack nicholson um but he did have some movies that weren't all that great as at the box office and some people like you know like uh king of marvin's garden i 
tried to watch it like a couple times and I, I just couldn't get into it. Maybe I, I like Ellen Burstyn too. Uh, I'm sure it's one of those ones that I will watch, try and watch again, but I just don't think it's that good. It doesn't, uh, other than it, uh, the, the look of it and the way they dress and the time period and everything, I just didn't think it was very good at all. Uh, and that's sort of the way this movie is the, the, um, it's sort of a, a little bit wacky kind of a comedy thing. The one thing that, that it, it all revolves around the man act, which was back in the day. If you took a woman across state lines for immoral purposes, you could be put in prison, dig it. And, uh, so they, uh, Warren Beatty and uh, Stalker Channing, they, they work out a scheme because he's married and he's fucking around on his wife with Stalker Channing and he wants to take her across state lines to go and do stuff and he doesn't want to go to prison for, because of the man act. So uh, he gets Jack Nicholson involved uh, saying that he is with Stalker Channing and uh, it almost becomes like, well, it doesn't almost, it, there's like a, tri, uh, a menage a trois, kind of a triangle, kind of a thing going on there. And that's the interesting part of it. It's not very good. I, I would recommend it. Uh, if you are a Nicholson or Warren Beatty completist, or I think Mike Nichols is the one that directed it. It's just, it's one of those ones too, that um, it's kind of supposed to be funny, but it really doesn't, it's not that funny. I mean, the comedy kind of doesn't work for me, I guess. Um, it's like watching Nicholson play, try to, trying to play um, a goofy character from like The Thin Man or those movies like, you know, back in the in the 40s or 30s or 40s movies. Um, you know, he messes his hair up and it's kind of bushy. And then, you know, it's like, okay, oh, what? Now he's funny. Uh, I don't know. Uh Let's see. The Shining, The Wendy Theory. I watched a documentary um, about the movie The Shining, and they have a th the Wendy Theory. And um, basically, people, you know, always talk about, like, um, continuity errors um, in the movie. Uh, like, say, in one scene, there'll be a light switch on the wall, and then they cut away, and they come back, and there's no light switch, or a lamp is in the background, and then when... They cut away and they come back. There's no lamp or a table or, or in the first part of the first five minutes of the movie, they walk in the hotel and there's a couch against the wall. And then uh, uh, 45 minutes later, when they're walking back through, you can see in a mirror that the couch isn't there anymore and all this weird stuff. And they said that um, some people thought it was continuity errors, but that it was not and that it was Kubrick, uh, that he didn't make those kind of mistakes and that they were done for a reason. And um, the theory is that Wendy, uh, Jack Nicholson's wife in the movie, um, is schizophrenic. And the whole movie, there are no uh ghosts you know when they say well how jack nicholson get out of the freezer and things like that um a lot of it has to do with perspective um if you are seeing 
the camera is shooting behind Wendy, that means that you are seeing what she is seeing. Uh, you're seeing her delusion or her, um, yeah, her delusion, her schizophrenic delusions. Um, because you'll see her walking over to Jack Nicholson across the room who's sitting at a table typing, but the camera's behind her. So you're seeing what she's seeing in her mind, which is not real. Uh, and then when you see something like you see the camera just on Nicholson or shot from behind Nicholson at her, that's what's real. And um, like the kid getting beat up or the kid having a broken arm at one time and uh, then having strangulation marks on his neck. Uh, she says to somebody, you know, when Nicholson's not around, that Nicholson's the one that did it. He, it was an accident. He didn't, you know, realize how, you know, his strength or something like that. Or, uh, and then the kid, you know, did something really bad and he just lost it for a second, but he's gone to therapy that she's just making that up because she's the one that actually did it. It's like Munchausen by proxy that she's the one that's hurting Danny, uh, because of, her um, well, first of all, like a, like I said, like Munchausen's by proxy, uh, you know, where they the the mother gets attention uh, by hurting the kid uh, in different ways, whether poisoning him or whatever, and then um, but also uh, she's doing it because she's schizophrenic, and they're saying you know that Nicholson's character knows that she's schizophrenic, and the whole thing is him having to live you know he's married to this woman they have a kid together and she has mental illness and um you know it, it, from what they were saying it really makes sense and that that um like the stuff with the light switch being there and then not being there or this uh like a thing of kool-aid that shows up and moves around on a uh, it's not there on a shelf in the in the freezer thing where they keep the food and everything it's there. And then it's not there. A chair's there. It's not there. A lamp's there. And then it's not there that that is, um, is it Wendy? That's her delusion. Uh, you know, she, she, when she's telling the story or when she's seeing it in her delusion, she doesn't see or have total recall of where everything is or she'll put something like the Kool-Aid was Kool-Aid that was on top of the refrigerator uh, in their house before they left. And then she puts it in that uh, place where they keep the food, but it's not even really there and the lamps and everything. But it is really interesting. And that's like when they were talking about the uh, how everybody has this thing. Well, how did Jack get out of the um, how did he get out of the um, freezer and uh, there's speculation that, you know, he just, I think somebody said that the, let me think. Well, there was a, there was like a, a back thing, a, a door behind. You can see uh, when he's in there talking to himself, you can see uh, under at the bottom of this shelf, like a black square. And there's a, there's a, another door in the back. But if it's her delusion, then he's not even in there uh, and he's not in there talking to himself and everything. It's just what she is imagining or, you know, thinking. Um, 
and she killed him and drug him outside and he froze to death uh it's but it uh, i can't remember everything but it's really good it's on uh, like i said that one's on youtube it's um uh it's just look up the shining wind the wendy theory i think i actually posted it on the uh, actual clip on um sylvan gold uh web page or facebook page um let's see apocalypse caught in the eye of the storm okay we need to speed up here a little bit because we only have about a half an hour to go <laughs> this was a kevin sorbo movie um but um i don't want know if i would want to say i'm dis i was disappointed um it's it's one of these like a uh, kind of a right wing um sort of cons i don't want to say conspiracy theory but right white right wing uh gun culture um sort of like a turner diaries kind of a thing that they imagine you know when everything goes to shit you know we all have to fend for ourselves and blah 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 so the government starts to go to shit you know because i'm i'm assuming that you know it's because the democrats and socialism and you know, uh, them being them communist and all this stuff. Um, so people start just, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a dystopian thing. There's no, um, no nuclear war or no, um, disease or anything like that. It's just like the, the structure of the American government just starts going down the tubes and people have to fend for themselves. And so people with guns and stuff are roaming around and they're trying to, you know, st uh, get food and, you know, whatever, and I guess they think, well, okay, things are starting to go to hell, so we might as well just do whatever we want. And there's some guys that are going around, and there are they are, um, uh, you know, uh, they go and like raping and pillaging and shit. Uh, Brian Bosworth is in this. Um, this also has kind of a a, a Christian um, theme to it too. But what I was going to say is, um, I don't know if anybody would, was going to watch this or not. It's on Prime. Um, Sorbo is on the front of it and everything, and he plays the dad, and he's got a family, and they have to deal with everything. But it's kind of like um, Steven Seagal in the in the uh, fucking Kurt Russell movie where they're on the plane. You know, uh, Sorbo's in it, but he's not in it for you know like a long time. Um, it's okay. It's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's below average, you know, which is what I expected. Uh, and again, it's kind of has some ham handed, uh, Christian stuff in it and some gun stuff too. Um, uh, really it's kind of nothing I, I really haven't seen before. Um, but just, straight to dvd kind of stuff i don't know if what if i would rate this i'd give it like maybe a three three or four i don't know it's 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 not even as amusing as what uh you know you would think like kirk cameron movies sometimes are amusing because they're so fucking stupid but it's not even that i just watched it because sorbo and bosworth were in it um and, and it makes you wonder when you're watching it, okay, are all these people that are in this movie, are they like a NRA or big born again Christian people or, a, you know, apocalypse 
uh, we got to get ready and buy dehydrated food and build a bunker in our backyard people. So I, I wonder, I was like, okay, is Bosworth or was he just like on drugs and now he's like a born again because of that? I don't know. Um, first transporter again, this is Rolf watching transporter movies. I like the first one. I like the second one too, but, uh, this one was good. It was, you know, new and all the car chases again, Statham gets his shirt taken off and puts oil all over the floor in a, in a, uh, mechanic shop and slides across it and fights guys and um chicken it's pretty good looking they got some good villains you know like i said it's just a it's it's a your basic uh transporter thing but this is the first one so it's one bad street fighter what was street fighter hmm. god i don't even remember street fighter maybe that's oh oh okay uh, I think Rolf watched Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I liked it. I thought it was fun, you know, even just from like a inner kid kind of point of view. I just like watching Van Damme in it and uh, Kylie Minogue. And uh, again, it's 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 kind of just stupid fun. All the characters, you know, they have characters from the game and everything. And uh, uh, Van Damme is this. Though I like, I just like watching him in this and how he really hams it up and gets into that character. The other, you know, guys that like they'll have the fat guy and different, you know, the big uh, uh, Polynesian kind of uh, fat sumu guy or whatever, and different different guys like that and fighting and uh Raul Julia on his last leg rest in peace uh you know made the movie and could barely do anything and uh was uh just like a shell of himself from cancer but i enjoyed that Rolf didn't like it but i i think it's funny and fun uh the governor uh this is a documentary on prime about Lenny McLean uh who was a bouncer slash hard man uh bare knuckle fighter and boxer and also uh, um, he was involved in uh some um kind of organized crime stuff as far as collecting money and being a i guess probably like a bodyguard and a and a muscle for some bad people uh he was actually in um lock stock and two smoking barrels and um if you see him he looks like you know it's it's the classic line from um uh, uh, reservoir dogs when uh, the guy is talking about uh joe cabot and he says you know he looks like the thing mother the the fantastic four he looks like the motherfucking thing well that's what lenny mclean looks like as soon as you see him they actually show clips from lock stock and two smoking barrels in this uh, but it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty good. I mean, he's he's definitely a colorful character, um, you know. And I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff in it that's legend. Uh, that you know, I don't know if you could corroborate it or not. But they do show him boxing and uh, and uh, you know learning to box and actually some of his fights and things like that. Um, let's see. One night in Miami. Okay, this was I think a made for prime movie, uh, and it's about. Um, a fictional night when uh, Muhammad Ali wins the championship from Sonny Liston in Miami. And it's um, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, uh, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown, the football player. Uh, and they all get together after Muhammad Ali wins the fight. And I think it was a, a play and they adapted it to the screen. It's pretty good. Um, they go over a lot of stuff like uh, Malcolm X is having trouble with the Nation of Islam and wants to break away from uh, Elijah Muhammad. 
Uh, he's trying to talk the others into becoming Muslim and following um, the, you know, Quran and everything. And uh, just the different guys. And they're, they're all played really well and just the time period and everything. But again, it's a play. It was based on a play. So it's just, you know, them talking like a lot. Uh, but it's it's entertaining and it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, they did a good job. Indecent Proposal, that's Woody Harrelson, Robert Redford, and Demi Moore. Um, this is pretty good. It's funny because I like watching uh, uh, Woody Harrelson, you know, just kind of become undone. Uh, They're in a uh, casino, and uh, Woody Harrelson is gambling, and, of course, he they need money for, uh, you know, this property that they own to, to keep it or it's going to get uh, taken away from them. And he's a dumbass, and he says, "Well, let's go and I'll, you know, see if we can win the money in a casino." And they end up losing all, all, all their fucking money. And Robert Redford is kind of a, you know, a, a, he would be like a, probably a billionaire today, but he's a rich millionaire, and he sees Demi Moore and thinks she's hot, and he kind of comes on to her and everything. And then it's one of those deals where he's at like a craps table, and he says, "For luck, you know, can I borrow your wife and have her roll the dice?" And they win, and um, then he invites them to, you know, come to dinner, this dinner, and then the indecent proposal happens. Uh, <laughs> but this has some fucking in it, and uh, Demi Moore looks really good in it, and uh, her body looks really good, and she must have been proud of it because it's got some fucking in it. Uh, and she likes showing off them titties. Um, let's see. Enemy of the State, that's Gene Hackman and Will Smith. Uh, John Voight is also in this and the henchmen. There's a bunch of henchmen like Scott Kahn and uh, Gary Busey's son. And I think Jack Black is in it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people in it. Um, this is uh, Tony Scott, I believe, with all his stylish stuff flicking around and camera jumping around and everything. I really like Gene Hackman in this. Uh, he's the best part. Um, kind of the theme of it is like uh the nsa having cameras everywhere and bugs everywhere and being able to bug people with you know uh photograph them satellites uh watching everybody uh them being able to zone in on any conversation uh hack into computers blah 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 blah, blah. but gene hackman's the best in this uh caged no more spokane that is a Kevin Sorbo movie, uh, and it is about um, uh, human trafficking, white slavery and human trafficking. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, this, this it's kind of like Taken with Liam Neeson. Uh, the, the kind of uh, gimmick is Kevin Sorbo plays two parts. He is uh, twin brothers. Um, the one brother is successful and, uh, probably like a, you know, born again, Christian and stuff married and has kid, has a kid. Uh, the other brother, uh, has a daughter and he is a scumbag, uh, gets involved in all kinds of shady deals and whether it's drugs and, you know, gambling and he owes a bunch of money and he's such a scumbag that, um, they are, the bad guys are going to kill him, the mafia guys or whoever that he owes money to. And he agrees to, um, basically give them his daughter, uh, so that all his debts are wiped clean. And then, um, 
there's another guy that um, Sorbo is like ex special forces, and uh, then there's a guy, a younger guy that is a, a, a current, you know, black ops special forces guy that he's friends with. That's you know, like I said, a younger guy, and uh, he goes down there to find the daughters. It's not just one chick; it's there's two of them. I think it's Sorbo's daughter. Somehow something happens to her, and then, uh, well, Sorbo's daughter. They're both Sorbo's daughter because Sorbo's playing both parts. But anyway, it's not very good uh, at all. Uh, again, um, it, the movie Taken with Liam Neeson does it so much better. Uh, uh, this could, this actually could have been a lot better, but it's just not done very well. Um, hmm. Let's see, but that no more needs to be spoken about uh, uh, Cage No More Spokane. <laughs> Spokane. <laughs> I watched Wild Things with Kevin Dillon, Kevin Dillon, with um, Matt Dillon and Kevin Bacon, not Kevin Dillon, uh, Nev Campbell and um, Denise Richards. Uh, this is a sleazy as fuck movie, uh, neo-noir, uh, swamp people, Florida gator kind of a thing and white trash and, and, you know, dirty cops and dirty seedy cops and high school girls with great big titties that are fucking nymphos and their mother's a fucking nympho and, you know, there's uh, just a lot of stuff going on. This is a very fun movie. <laughs> and God bless Denise Richards and the doctor that put in uh, bigger implants than she wanted. Uh, yeah, she looks good. But again, uh, I just put it, posted a meme on my Facebook page about uh, how you know you're getting old. And one of the things was uh, high school um, high school girls look like uh, little kids and Denise Richards body and her big fake boobs and everything look good in this but man she looks like a child in her face in this and Matt Dillon makes really weird fuck faces he makes really ugly fuck faces when he's fucking or you know getting it on <laughs> and somebody said they they can't understand how uh, Nev Campbell was ever considered like a hot chick or whatever and uh yeah I don't know I can go with that she's she's more but she fits the part because she's not like the uh the dazzling chick you know who's like a the Barbie doll hot chick she's just kind of like a the chick who lives in a trailer and snorts fucking uh you know whatever the fuck she can snort and get high and drunk and sniffs she's like a uh, in that Primus song, Lacquerhead, she's like Lacquerhead. Lacquerhead, set your brain, set your brain on fire. You know, Lacquerhead. She's she's kind of one of those people. Uh, pool boy. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, uh, the Reliant. Wait a minute. I think the Reliant is the fucking movie. Oh, okay, okay. The Reliant. Okay, when I said Apocalypse caught in the eye of the storm, uh, that's. The Reliant. That's the one where Sorbo and Bosworth, uh, and it's like uh, the war. The United States is going to shit, and everything's breaking down that I just talked about. Apocalypse Caught in the Eye of the Storm is the movie that Large William, Big Willie from uh, GGTMC, recommended to me, and it is basically if you have seen like Left Behind or any movie, uh, good or bad 
about uh, that follows along with supposedly you know the Bible about the Antichrist coming back, and you know everybody will think that he is you know the savior of the world and everything, but he's really the Antichrist. And if you haven't repented and became born again, um, all these people start disappearing because they're the the end of the the apocalypse is coming and. Uh, uh, God takes all his the believers, the true believers to heaven and then everybody else is left over to deal with the apocalypse and you know the the uh, Antichrist coming and all that stuff. If you've seen any movie like that, that's exactly what this is. It's it's almost word for word. You could put Damien Thorne in for the other guy, or if you've read the Left Behind books, it's the exact same thing. And I think that there there actually is a series of uh, you know apocalypse movies, that, you know that are Christian movies uh, that you know basically you can't say they're plagiarizing like Left Behind. Uh, because it's the same fucking thing, but it's all, you know, from the Bible and all this uh, prophecy and all this shit. Uh, so I got it mixed up. But that one is not very good. It's, it's uh, again, kind of ham-handed. And, uh, and I felt like, you know, God, I've seen this all before. You have, you have the, uh, the uh, bad guy who's the Antichrist. And, you know, my God, it's so fucking obvious. But, of course, he's like the leader of the U.N. And then he becomes the leader of everything. And he starts talking about, you know, Jesus was wrong and everything. And, then, you know, he has these blind followers. He's, he's kind of like how you feel <laughs> when Trump was fucking president. And nobody could see, you know, so obvious. He wasn't even trying to hide the fact that he was a fucking evil piece of shit. But then there's some people like, oh. <laughs> okay i'm gonna move on from there i can't believe i got those two mixed up <laughs> they're so good uh pool boy drown uh drowning out the fury this is another kevin sorbo movie um now this one for for sorbo i don't know if he's like a big born again or not but he he makes like uh a lot of well i i wouldn't even say like born again necessarily being born again means that you're a that you have to be like a right wing NRA, uh, whatever. Um, because I'm sure there's a lot of Christians out there that are, you know, perfectly normal and aren't, you know, you know, that believe peace, love, forgiveness, and helping your fellow man. Uh, Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury is definitely not a Christian movie. Uh, it's a real low budget. It's kind of like, um, Oh, uh, the guys that did uh, like trauma or something like that. Um, it, it's uh, a mockumentary about um, this this one the the main dude. He's probably the guy that that actually made them. That's actually the director that made the movie, and he's playing himself, and he's real sleazy and everything. Uh, and it's got tits in it. It's got like uh, it's just wacky and really. Really, it's like if Johnny Knoxville and Howard Stern fucking made a movie together. Uh, some of it's funny. It's got a lot, a lot, a lot of um, uh, racist, um, uh, a lot of racist jokes and put downs and stuff like that against Latinos. But then Danny Trejo and all these Latino people are in it and they're you know, right there is the brunt of the joke and they're really over the top stereotypes. So it's like, okay, are they, are they 
really being racist or are they making fun of racist and by being you know these over-the-top stereotypes of you know uh vatos and you know uh gang people and stuff like that uh sorbo was in vietnam and they make fun of like kind of like vietnam movies and like forrest gump kind of things and stuff like that um it's really i don't know it's a fucking mess and it's it's um super over the top uh raunchy ass fucking humor uh, i don't know if it's worth a watch or not it's kind of funny but it's kind of like it's just really kind of bad um uh, let's see i watched walking tall uh which was okay you had uh, of course joe don baker and then bo svenson then they came back and they well uh, brian dennehy played uh buford pusser in a tv movie um but then you and then they had a TV show with Bo Svensson. But the, then they made uh, so supposedly a remake with The Rock, and he wasn't playing like Buford Puss or anything. It's a totally same theme where he comes into a t- his old hometown, and you know everything's kind of lawless, and and there's uh, people selling drugs and stuff like that, and then he becomes sheriff and wants has to try and put a stop to it. Uh, then after The Rock did his, I guess Sorbo started making them, and uh, he made, uh, I think, a couple of them. Um, this actually wasn't bad. Uh, I will give, him the, you know, because number one, it's not like a real right, white right-wing thing or, or uh, uh, you know, any kind of born-again Christian or Christian themes or anything like that. Um, it's just a basic action movie going along those themes of, you know, uh, they live in a small town and... Uh, and uh, there's like a, the, a Dixie Mafia or something like that, that uh, organized crime kind of a thing. Rednecks that are running an organized crime and, and uh, they're getting away with everything. And then um, Sorbo kind of, he's a former military man and he kind of, uh, some stuff happens and he's trying to bring them down and put a stop to it so it actually wasn't bad it's not great or anything but it's it's you know if you're sitting there thinking oh yeah kevin store it's the best one of all the ones that i watched with him in it um let's see here we're getting uh got about 10 minutes to go uh basic instinct 2 um they waited too long to make this um you know i can't remember what the reason was Sharon Stone doesn't look bad, but it's just kind of ridiculous. She she's so over the top with the with the character from the first one, and you know she's supposed to be like this, you know, kind of sociopathic and so smart and everything. And um, I don't, I'm trying to think how she's had to have been in her like fifties, I would think, when she made this. She doesn't look bad, but um, the it takes place. I I think it's in France. I can't remember. Uh, but it's, um, I didn't think that the main guy, they couldn't get Michael Douglas. He didn't want to do any more or didn't want to do another one. Um, I didn't think that the main guy, uh, was all that great and that charismatic. I, I'm sure he's good in other roles, but you know, he didn't have the sex appeal. Like Michael Douglas had a certain amount of sex appeal and, and charisma. And this guy is like, looks like kind of like Morrissey or something. And, uh, Charlotte Rampling is in this. Um, it could have been way better. It would have been way better if it would have been done. Like I said, uh, uh, they waited too long to make it. Uh, and 
Sharon, like I said, Sharon Stone's character, where she's just kind of how she's uh, being like a fucking evil mastermind. She's like Professor Moriarty with tits or something. Uh, I don't know. It just wasn't that good. Uh, let's see. What else do I got here? I'm just trying to go down through here. And so I watched. I've been. I watched the whole. Uh, First season, well, probably the only season of WandaVision um, with uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, I thought it was good. It was it was definitely entertaining. Each episode was only like, a, you know, probably 20, 25 minutes long. Um, I did like the, you know, when they bring back characters or introduce characters. There's one character they, they um, when they finally said who it was, I kind of uh, marked out on that because uh, I'm an old uh, Fantastic Four uh, fan from like way back in the early 70s and so I knew immediately when they said who the character was and I was like oh shit man this is awesome because I'm also thinking you know that the, if they're going to start uh, uh, bringing in the uh, X-Men um, characters and Fantastic Four uh, into the um, Marvel Universe um that, that that character is a character from Fantastic Four. And then, of course, you know, with uh, uh, Scarlet Witch, Wanda, um, you have that connection with Magneto, which gives you a connection to the X-Men, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and things like that. Um, so that's kind of cool. I thought they did it really well. And, and I liked um, the, the kind of funny way that they did the, the episodes when they were kind of in the... Uh, TV sort of universe and seeing the different um, the different styles of how the how TV was like you know when they start out it's almost like a Mary Tyler Moore or a Jackie Gleason or uh, you know and then it goes into more like a Brady Bunch and you know the, uh, I don't know Dick Van Dyke or something I you know it's hard to tell uh, well, it's not hard to tell, but I mean, you can just see the different styles of what's going on and everything. And then, you know, that's the, the one story with the, um, house of M and, uh, but that there's something about that, uh, that whole thing, um, in that story that just like, it's kind of like, for some reason, it's like, it broke my heart, you know, because, uh, that this person is so, you know, anything that was like mental illness and somebody being that, that broken and that sad, uh, and in the comic, uh, you know, where they have to, where, where Magneto comes and they're like, you know, he's like, this is, it's my, she's my daughter. I'll, you know, cause he was never like a real fatherly figure or anything. And he shows up to, to help her because they're like, you know, or, it's almost like the Jean Grey thing where, you know, okay, she's so power or the Hulk where they sent the Hulk out, uh, you know, into space because there's, they become so powerful. They're like, you know, we have to deal with this. You know, we may have to kill her because she can warp reality and she could, she could kill us all and everything. Um, but anyway, I like that. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the, uh, Falcon and Bucky, uh, or winter soldier thing that's coming out. We'll see how that, how that goes. Um, I like some of these ones that are, you know, coming out as TV shows. Uh, I started watching Mandalorian. I've watched, uh, I think, three episodes of that, uh, including the Gina Carano when she was on there and all the crap that's going on with that. Um, let's see. I watched the first episode of Clarice, which is a CBS uh, series 
uh, and it starts right after Silence of the Lambs, and it's all about Clarice Starling. And um, uh, I watched the first episode of it. I haven't gotten back to it yet, so we'll see how that goes. I thought it was the first episode was pretty good. Um, it's cast well, uh, and they do you know refer to you know Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill and all that stuff. Um, so it probably would be a good companion piece for uh, the TV show Hannibal. Uh, and I watched LBJ with Woody Harrelson uh, about Lyndon Baines Johnson. Uh, it's pretty good. It shows he does a good job and it shows, um, you know, Johnson's career, uh, you know, in the Senate and then uh, him and, you know, uh, becoming in how he kind of manipulated uh, uh, being a politician and not wanting to get on people's bad sides, but also, you know, being tough enough that when, uh, it came down to it. He knew how to. He knew how to uh, how the Senate worked and how to get things done and everything. And then the the whole thing about uh, you know him becoming JFK's vice president and uh, they show uh, John Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and him working with them and everything. And then the the again and something else that just is like a heartbreaking thing for me is like uh, and when they show the uh, assassination and all that. Um, uh, again, that's a, that's a, would be like a, a good companion piece, uh, for that movie with, uh, Natalie Portman about Jackie O. I thought that was a good movie and so sad. Again, another thing that just breaks your heart. I was telling my sister about, it. she hadn't seen it. And the whole thing is, you know, they show her, you know, young Jackie O becoming, you know, the first lady and, you know, uh, her husband and president of the United States living in the white house and everything. And then, you know, the, when uh, he gets assassinated and then her, something that you didn't really, they didn't really talk about or you didn't hear about or anything is like, uh, here's this woman and she's married and you know, she's, they were young, you know, and had kids and everything. And then her husband gets his head fucking blown off right beside her, right in front of her. And a, Parts of his head are like in her lap and she's holding his head in her lap and trying to hold his brains in. And then, you know, what happened? You know, you always see the pictures of where they're flying back and Lyndon Johnson is sworn in as president on the plane. And she's like in shock, standing there with this bloody dress on. And But then what happened after that, that like immediately after that, that night or the next day or the the the. Uh, the the uh, lead up to the um, to the uh, funeral and everything, and it just really is. It's a it's a good movie. It's you know like I said, kind of like a really sad, heartbreaking movie. But I thought Natalie Portman did a really good job of that. Like I said, Woody Harrelson did a good job as uh, Lyndon Bain Johnson. Okay, so we're right at uh, just about the uh, two hour mark here. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, shut her down. I didn't get everything in. There's there was a, a lot of stuff that. Um, uh, I had I had down as far as stuff that I had watched, just YouTube stuff, and then other stuff that people had watched on um, on the group, and I was just going to mention them and everything. But everybody, everything's great here, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, keep on keeping on. And uh, if you if you are are a believer or not, you know, I don't know if I'd say if you're a believer or not, but you know, if you can go get the shots and. Uh, you know, maybe we can eventually get back to normal, as normal as normal can be. Get out and be able to go do things and 
you know, I'm still wearing my mask and still kind of not going and doing a whole bunch, but you know, get to watch TV, get to watch movies, hang out with Mary, walk the dog. You know, it's all right. Everything's cool. Don't anybody go nuts and be like Kevin Sorbo and Brian Bosworth. <laughs> okay, people. Uh, this is Dr. Zom saying Zom. Oot.